You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Before I get into the message this morning, let me remind you or inform you of something that um, we're doing on Wednesday nights. We come together every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We've got ministry for the whole family. But I really feel like the Lord has put something uh, in my heart, kind of an assignment that we're going to do all this year. And it has to do with something we're calling real life. Everybody say real life. And we're coming and we're, we're kind of having a little more um, casual worship a little bit. Um, just my goal is just simple connect on those nights. And what I feel we're to do, because the word of God is light. You understand that? The Bible itself speaks of itself. Psalm 119, 105, that says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And as I shared this past week, the power of light depends on its focus. And the more that we focus something, you can focus, you can magnify a light and start a fire. How many of you guys ever did that as a kid? You know, okay. And, but you can further focus that light to laser focus and it will cut steel. And what we're trying to do is take the light of God's word and focus it in on some real life issues. And we're going to be doing that all year. You, you, may, you may even want to think of it as kind of group biblical counseling. And what we're going to start with this week is worry and anxiety. How many of you have ever heard of those things? Worry and anxiety. Okay. So what we're going to be doing is what is that? What does it do to us? Where is that coming from? And what does God's word say about it? And here's something important. Jesus said this, the nerve, but he said this, do not worry. So if we're not going to worry, then what are we going to do? You know, and so the word has some very clear things. How many would love to be relieved of worry and anxiety and find some solutions? Well, the Bible has those solutions. We're going to spend the next couple weeks on that. We're going to move on to other subjects. We're going to hit some toughies this year. Um, we're going to talk about insecurity. We're going to, we're going to talk about eating disorders. We're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about all kinds of things through this year because the Bible talks to us, not just about old Kings that are dead. It talks about re- life. And so we're going to be doing that on Wednesday nights. I invite you to get here and I invite you to get uh, people around you. This is to help you, but it's also to help you to help. And so very important night for you every Wednesday night, make sure that you're here. And like I said, again, we've got ministry to the whole family on Wednesday nights. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you there. Be there. Aloha. Okay. 2011 is a year of connections. And uh, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. Even getting into heaven is not what you know, it's who you know. And there's so many things, it has to do with who you're connected to, but also what you're connected to. And we're going to just see this play out in so many different ways, um, what that actually means. And we'll be unfolding that through the year. I I felt it was uh, appropriate and actually felt very prompted of the Lord that we start the year uh, talking about connections in a number of different aspects. So we're going to continue on with this. Now, last week, if you'll recall, I, I shared with you that Jesus said that without him, we could do what nothing. we could do nothing. And then, uh, he goes on to say that he himself could do nothing by himself. So it's like, so what gives here? We're connected to him. What's he connected to? He's connected to the father. And so Without him, I can do nothing. 
And he said, by myself, I can do nothing. The things that I do, it's what I see and I do and I hear and I receive from the Father. So it's, it's all the life, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. It's the connection with, with the Father God. And so we have this connection with him. But I want to take it a little bit further today and look at another aspect on this connections, uh, on connections. In Isaiah 57, verse 15, I'll read this from the English Standard Version. It says, for thus says the one, notice the capital O there, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity. Think about these words, whose name is holy. And here's what he says. I dwell in the high and holy place. These next two words are critical. And also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. I want you to notice that God is the one. He's the high and lifted up one. He's the holy one. Uh, Other translations call him the lofty one. And that lofty one has to do with the idea of he's towering. He stands alone and he needs no one to help him to stand. And he's this high and holy one and he dwells appropriately in a high and holy place. I love what this says. He inhabits eternity. His name is holy. Do you know what holy means in our vernacular? Altogether, perfect. And that's who he is. And and he's high and lifted up and he inhabits eternity and it's this high place. But I'm thankful that there's a connector in this verse that says, and also said he dwells there, but he also dwells somewhere else. You know where else he dwells? With the crushed and with the lowly. With us. I'm so glad that he's not just this perfect, all-powerful, incredible God who's so far off removed from us. So, some figment of religious imagination that's just so far I can't connect. He can't connect with me. This is about connections. I'm so thankful that he does dwell there and inhabits eternity, but he's also chosen to dwell right with us. It's a manifestation of glory up there and it's a manifestation of grace right here. He's the holy God, but he's also the merciful God. I'm thankful. And he's chosen to dwell among us. In John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. In the Message Bible, it reads this way. He moved into the neighborhood. I like it. He moved into the neighborhood. Guess what, folks? He knows where you live. He knows what's going on in your life. Who? Who knows? The Holy One who inhabits eternity, the lofty, high and lifted up one. I'm so thankful that he's all of that, but I'm so thankful because now it makes even a real difference in my life because he also chooses to dwell with us right where we're at. One uh, commentator said this, the heavens are not too great for him and a human heart is not too small for him. Another one said this, he who dwells upon cherubim and among the praises of seraphim, these are angels does not scorn to also dwell among the sighs of a human soul. How many of you have ever sighed before? You know, my wife and I, we've been married and together so long that we kind of read each other. And, you know, if I hear her sigh, you know, we're just driving or sitting or something. All of a sudden she, 
Well, my first thought is, what did I do? <laughs> Guys, how many of you have that same paranoia? I wasn't doing anything. But then I realized, okay, okay. And then I realized, and I can ask her, what, you okay? What's going on? And she says, you know what? I was just thinking about so-and-so and what they're going through and that kind of thing. Or this situation. And then sometimes I'll sigh and give a big heavy one. And she never stops and says, what did she do? She says, you all right? What's going on? You know, it's like, ah, it's this situation or, you know, think about so-and-so. I've been praying for them or whatever it would be. And so we do that. We're, it's actually a physical mechanism that actually helps us a little bit. It's amazing how God has woven us together. You know, that your emotions are connected to your breathing, to getting good sunlight into your eyes that will actually affect emotions and thoughts and well-being. It's amazing how spirit and soul and body are incredible. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And sometimes life is rough and heavy and sometimes we can't even articulate what's going on and we just... And that just kind of comes and I'm, I'm thankful as this one writer put it. He who dwells upon cherubim and among the praises of seraphim does not scorn to dwell among the sighs of human soul. I'm so thankful that he dwells there, but he dwells with us. And you know what? I want a connection with that God. I need a connection with that God. Guess what? You do too. You need to be connected. And that's what we're talking about with this God. And one of the ways that we do that is through prayer. Everybody say prayer. And we're going to just kind of get a refresher on prayer this morning. Number one, because I feel the leading of the Lord to do that. Number two is because it's kind of been uncanny to me the last couple of months. How many people I've run into that said, Pastor, um, I got questions about prayer or I just don't feel like my prayer prayers are working or my prayer life is just kaput right now or whatever. And, and folks, let me just give you our bottom line today. Okay. Listen to me. Look at me. Get this. God hears and answers prayer and you should pray. God hears and answers prayer and you should pray. And so he's given us this wonderful avenue, this way to be connected with him. Jesus made the way. And we'll see that a little bit more here this morning. Now, if you've been here for any length of time, and I'm not talking about just this morning, but you've been attending Meadowbrook for a while, you probably have heard me say this, that the number one problem, the biggest problem with praying is we don't. The biggest problem with praying is, say it with me, we don't. We don't. We will think about things. We'll worry about things. We'll tell people about things. We'll even fill out a prayer card. Um, we'll, we'll even Google some things. But we don't pray like we should pray. And so I want to just maybe solve a couple of these problems with, with prayer this morning. James chapter 4 verse 2 and verse 3. It's the end of verse 2 and the beginning of verse 3. It says this. And look at it carefully with me. You do not have because you what? Because you do not ask. Let's read that again. You do not have because you do not ask. And then it goes on to say you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. 
I've caught myself, you probably caught yourself, hopefully, hopefully you'll catch yourself on this more. There are times where I'm, or I'm thinking about something, worried about something, doing without something, dealing with something, only to realize that I do not have because I have not asked. And this is part of prayer that we've got to understand right up front is that God hears and answers prayer and you should pray. And the biggest problem that we have with prayer is that we don't pray or we pray with the wrong motives or we pray in the wrong way. Now, prayer is not complex. Everybody say prayer is simple. Prayer is not complex, at least on our end, it's not. Now, on God's end, I don't know how he does it. On, on God's end, the Bible even says he knows what things we have need of even before we ask. There are times that God has started to send an answer before you even knew you had the need. He's God who declares the end from the beginning. He's incredible. He sees all. He knows all. He preceded all. He'll be here after all. I love this. He wasn't elected and he won't get voted out. You know, and, and he is God. And I love that. And we, he hears and answers prayer, the high and holy one, the lofty one. He hears and he answers prayer. And this is our connection to him. And prayer on our end is very simple. He's made it simple on our end. And, and the hard part is, is that we make it hard, but typically there's simple solutions to, if you're having problems with your prayer life. Or if you're not praying, or you don't have confidence in prayer, or you don't know what you should pray, there's some simple solutions for this. And I, I think that most things, the solutions are simple. Um, just before Christmas, uh, we've got, you know, remotes for our garage doors to open those up. And it got to be like, I'd have to push it eight times before it opened. It's like, this is my house, you know. And... And you push and push, and then finally make one of the kids get out of the car. Go, go punch in the thing on the keypad, you know. So I thought, what's the deal with these? And then we, we have two garage doors, and, and the one never gets used. And so it goes up like this. And the one we use all the time is like, how many of you that's y'all too, you know? So I thought, well, between this and that, a couple other problems, I just need to get somebody out here to look at these things and, and work on them. So the guy came out, told him all the deal. And I said, and these remotes, what do I need to do? Do we, do we need new batteries? Because I went and got batteries and they're weird looking batteries. How I many you know that weird looking batteries cost more than regular batteries? And so I got the weird looking batteries. I replaced them and, you know, that's not doing it. And do I need to reprogram it? Do I need new, new remotes? What, what do I need? And he said, let me see them real quick. And, and so he pops open the thing, takes out the weird little batteries, reaches in his pocket and pulls out a special tool called a pocket knife. <laughs> and simply just scraped on the, and don't miss this, scraped on the connectors. Just a little corrosion, just kind of oxidation, a little something built up and just, just scrape that real quick. He said, let's give this a try. And it had the one that, you know, you got to push like 30 times. Like, is this a Morse code remote, you know, <laughs> kind of, and then, and just quick and easy as could be simple solution. And a lot of times the connections that we need to have in prayer, it's something simple. So what I want to do this morning is just kind of give you a little refresher, so to speak on prayer. Again, if you've been here for any length of time, you may have seen some of these things. 
heard some of these things, but I want you to act like this is the first time you've ever heard. I want you to take it as fresh and new for you. And some of you, this would be brand new information. And the, the goal for all of us is we're going to leave here with a confident prayer life. And I'm going to tell you something. Once you start to get some prayers answered, the more confident you become in prayer. I'll share something at the very end of service with you concerning that. But every time you pray, And your heavenly father hears and answers and you see the answer. I'm telling you what, then you're not going to live a life of, of forgetting to pray. It's going to be one of your first responses. Well, let's pray about this because God hears and answers prayer and you should pray. Jesus said in Luke 18, one, he said, men ought to always pray and not lose heart, not give up, not, not cave in and not quit. So the first, first thing we want to look at here this morning is when you pray, you pray to the father. Everybody say, pray to the father. Now, pastor, you're going to tell us exactly what to pray. No, but I'm going to give you a Bible structure for prayer so that you can plug this in, so to speak, and use this from your heart. And God's going to hear and answer prayer. You pray to the father in Luke chapter 12. Verse 28 through 32, it says, if God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For after all these things, the nations of the world seek after and help me out on this. And there it is right there. And your father knows that you need these things, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear little flock for it is your, what your father's notice this good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I want you to say this with me. It is my father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. You're not bugging God when you go to him. And if you forget something, you, you I don't want to bother him. Let's wait till tomorrow. Listen, it is his pleasure. It is his good pleasure. Here's the whole deal. God created you. God wants fellowship with you. He wants you to know him. He wants, he wants you to realize that he's your source for everything. And he wants you to come to him. And one of the great ways we can do it is through prayer. And, and we're instructed in scripture that our, our source is our father. Your father knows what you have need of. And it is your father's good pleasure to give that to you. In the Lord's prayer, that just about everybody knows, the Lord's prayer, it starts out, Jesus teaching this model prayer, it starts out how? Our father, our father. We also find in John chapter uh, 16, verse 23, Jesus said, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give to you. And so get this so we can square this up. Okay. If you've had problems and issues with your earthly father, he's not him. Okay, this is God. This is faithful, loving, consistent, perfect, holy, gentle, good God. And if you've had problems, and, and, and why would I even bring that up? Because I talked to too many people over all the years that they have a hard time relating to Father God because maybe they had issues with their earthly father. And I just want to remind you, this is not your earthly father. This is your, this is your heavenly father. Love your earthly father, honor him as best you can, pray for him. But you know what? We're t- this is a whole nother thing here. 
And let's talk about your Heavenly Father. So first of all, we pray to the Father. Secondly, we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody say, pray in Jesus' name. Now, he is our connection. He is our intercessor. He is our advocate. He's our legal representation. He is our mediator with the Father. I like to think of it this way. When we pray to the Father in Jesus' name, it's like sending a letter to God, care of Jesus. And guess who opens the mail for the Father? Jesus opens the mail. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father to open the mail. And it comes to the Father, care of Jesus. Jesus takes it, opens it up. This is my child. And and some other points that we're going to get to in just a moment. And he will represent that request to the Father. So it's important that he is our access. We do not have access to the Father except through Jesus. So it's through your name or through your works or your organization or whatever. That is not going to get it. You pray to the Father in Jesus' name. You with me so far? In John 14, verse 13 and 14, he says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name... I will do it. Now, here's, here's the real key. Say the name. Use the name. Don't just describe the name. Sometimes people get all religious about this. And so they'll, they'll pray. And I pray all of these things in thy holy son's matchless, wonderful and glorious name. That's great. But the power is in the actual name, Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. The, Jesus. Can, can you imagine, you know, you know, I do ride-alongs as a chaplain with the sheriff's office. And sometimes, you know, we go into this door to serve a warrant or check on somebody or whatever. And they, and they knock on the door. Can you imagine if they knocked on the door and just said this? Uh, a local law enforcement agency with duly sworn individuals acting as representatives of the agency. No, they knock on that door and they say, Marion County Sheriff's Office. We'll be right there. <laughs> the other would be like, what? Who? And sometimes we get on in, and we'll say, well, that, Pastor, this doesn't make a difference. It makes a difference. Because it's, all the power is tied up in his name. His name is above every name that is named. The, the name of Jesus is your access. So don't just describe it. If you want to describe it, that's wonderful. But make sure that you actually use the badge, use the key, use the name, and actually say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And you can use adjectives all day long and the devil really doesn't care. But you use the name of Jesus, it's a whole different story. Y'all hearing me? Now, thirdly, You need to pray in line with the word, with the Bible. The Bible is his revealed will and promises. The Bible, so to speak, is a catalog. And so if you need something, and I know we're kind of beyond this now, and some of y'all do not know what a catalog is. How many of you don't know what a catalog is now? Because now we just Google and, and things like that. Okay, but... Growing, how many of you do know what a catalog is? Just so I can see how far I got to go with this. Okay. All right, good. So, and, and online they have catalogs too. And so you want to look and you want to see, and here's the thing for every problem, there is a promise. 
I said, for every problem, there is a promise. Say that with me. For every problem. Very good. For every problem, there is a promise. Uh, I had someone say that there are 8,810 promises. So either specifically or by category, there God speaks to your situation. And what you need to do is pray in line with his word. And when you pray in line with his word, you pray in line with his will. And when you pray in line with his will, you can be assured, 1 John 5 tells us, that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we're going to receive what we have asked of him. So we're going to have confidence in prayer if we'll pray in line with his word, with his will. I can't pray, Lord, I'm planning a bank robbery. I'm asking for wisdom and favor and protection. You cause this. You ain't getting that. Oh, why not? I'll tithe. From jail. That's not his way to do things. Y'all hear me? But you got other situations, a job interview or something. Father, I need favor. And you promised in your word in Psalm 5 that if I trust you, you'd surround me with favor like a shield. So I'm asking you for favor today. And you said, if I lacked wisdom, I could ask you for wisdom. James 1, 5, you said, if I lacked wisdom, I could ask you and you would give it to me and you wouldn't withhold and you wouldn't give grudgingly, but you would give bountifully. You just pour it out in my life. And I'm asking you for wisdom because I need wisdom today and I need favor today. I'm a little concerned about this. And you said that if I trust you also and I pray about you, give me peace and Lord, I need peace. And you said that your peace would guard my heart, my mind, and I sure need that right now. So Father, I'm just asking you supernaturally, give me your peace and give me guard my heart and guard my mind and see you just pray in line with his word and i'm telling you what you have confidence because it's what god wants for you it's it's good pleasure to give to you and you just ask him in line with his word and with his promises and what he showed you here so guess what the more you're familiar with his word the better you're going to be in prayer and you won't have to say well i wonder if it's god's will if i this and this you'll be able to know in the word of god See, some of you, it was a revelation about bank robberies this morning, you know, it's, (laughs) but it's good for us to get into the word, pray, pray the word, because for every problem, there is a promise. And what you do is you take that promise to the father. Number four, you pray in faith. Everybody say pray in faith. Because uh, James chapter one, also verse five through eight, it talks about you pray with faith, no doubting. Because if you doubt, it says, let not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. So faith is very important in our prayer life. In Mark eleven twenty four, it says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And you want to get to a place in prayer that you, whatever you ask God in prayer, I believe that I'm going to receive it. I believe God will come through for this. We exercise that faith all the time. Some of you may go to lunch today at a restaurant or, or at home or wherever you're going to be. And, and let's say that you're at a restaurant and they said, what would you like to drink? And you say, you know what? I'll have a sweet iced tea with some lemon. What am I in the north? What's the deal here? I said, sweet tea. That should always bring an amen or something. Right? Well, you, I ask for that and you know what I'll do? And this is the other part of faith here. Faith, let me insert this. Faith says, thank you. 
And so I'll ask the waiter or the waitress, uh, could I have sweet iced tea? Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, sweet iced tea with, with lemon. And, the, and they'll write that down and say, sure. Well, I have faith in them that they're going to go get it and bring it. So you know what I say? Because faith says thank you. I say, y'all are catching on. Thank you. Do I have my tea yet? No, but I believe that I receive. I believe it's on the way. I believe it's on the way. Matthew 21, 22 says this. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you'll receive. Listen, God hears and answers prayer. God hears and answers prayer. You've got to believe that what he's promised, he's able to perform. And so we go to the Father in Jesus' name, pray in line with the word, pray in faith. And faith says, thank you. Number five, and this is real important. I've got to scoot here. But you need to be real. Everybody see, say, be real. be real. Tell your neighbor, be real. real. You've got to be simple, simple heartfelt, don't put on, don't be all religious, just straight up talk to God, just say it to him. Sometimes we have situations or problems, we're not vulnerable with other people. We say, well, we we got a little challenge, but uh, we're fine. You know what? And you need to go tell God, God is broke and I broke it. And they're acting ugly in this and I don't know what I'm going to do. Say it. To God, put it out before God. Be real and stop all of this. Oh, Father, I thank you that you see all and know all. Just cut it out. <laughs> I mean, throw that in. Jesus said, don't pray like the pretenders. Don't pray vain repetitions. Don't pray mindlessly out of some book. Don't think that your prayers are going to be heard because you say a whole bunch of words. And don't change your voice. Sometimes we've had it modeled for us that you've got to change your voice. And I always think of this, you know, sometimes you, you change your voice and you're praying in this weird voice. And God kind of looks over the edge of heaven and goes, who is that? I didn't make anybody like that. Just be real. And don't get into ruts. Don't get into ruts. Listen to me. Pay attention while you're praying. Don't get into ruts. You know, a million hallelujahs. Every every third word's a hallelujah. Every other word is Father God. 30 times you do glory to God, glory to God. You know, years ago I was praying with a fellow and I just had to cut him off after a while. So we were praying and I know maybe that wasn't my place, but I couldn't take it anymore. I said, all right, let's pray on this. You pray. So he starts out, well, Father God, Father God, we thank you, Father God, that today, Father God, that you're going to, Father God, that you're going to help us, Father God. And it just went on and on and on. And I finally said, whoa, bro, just stop. And then I said, Michael, you know, Michael, I asked you, Michael, to pray, Michael. And you're just Michael, you're just Michael, you're just Michael. He just looked at me. I had to defend the Father God. (laughs) Listen, the first step of prayer is mental. Your heart can't be in what your mind is not on. And if we're just mindlessly doing and just filling with all this, Father God, glory to God, hallelujah, glory to God. You know, after a while, God's saying, let me know when they get to something, okay? I'm just saying. 
There's a Pharisee that went to pray, Jesus told us about. And he went, thank God I'm not like all these other people, these sinners and this adulterer and this tax collector over here. And that I fast twice a week and I give offerings of all that I have and he blathers on. And then this one other guy, tax collector, despised by culture, he didn't even look up and he just said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. He had a 34 word prayer and you had a seven word prayer. And Jesus said, which one do you think the father heard? And it's going to be the one that's real. You don't have to be all uppity. You don't have to have, you know, 12 years of training. You just pray to the Father. In Jesus' name. How would you get in here? Jesus' name. Pray in line with His Word. I wouldn't even know what to pray without the Word. Pray in faith that you believe God that will answer. And just be real about it. And not just rote or working yourself up emotionally. Sometimes people pray and just get themselves... I got to act this out so you'll recognize yourself. (laughs) Or it's just dead and rote and droll. Uh, Some Gregorian chant and just going on and on. Here's what you need to remember. Okay, don't get caught in this. We pray some of the same things a lot and that's okay. You should pray over every meal. You should pray before you go to bed. You should pray to start your day. There's things that we, that we pray. But don't allow the automatic to become dead. Always keep the, instead of it being automatic, make it intentional. I'm going to go to lunch in a little bit and I'm looking forward to it. And when I, when I go to lunch, when we pray as a family for food, I'm going to pray and I'm going to, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. And it may be the same words that pray every meal or whatever, but just make it intentional. Put your heart in it. Make it real and then lift it up to God and see what he'll do with it then. I've got to hurry. Number six, and this is a wonderful help for prayer. Pray in the spirit. I just finished a 23 week. Everybody say 23 week. A 23 week comprehensive study on the Holy Spirit. We taught on Wednesday nights. And if you have questions about the Holy Spirit, chances are we probably covered a lot of it. There's a wonderful gift and blessing that God gives us that we find in the Bible that helps us. And no matter what your tradition, where you come from, what you've experienced, I want you to know that there's a real deal prayer language that the Holy Spirit will help you to pray. Because we don't know how to pray fully as we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit helps us to do that. And when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up in your most holy faith. You give thanks well. You pray out the mysteries of God. And it's God by the Spirit helping your spirit to know how to pray. And He knows the whole will of God concerning the saints, a wonderful gift and blessing and help. And if you want more information about that, come down here after service and we'll be glad to talk to you and pray about it. But if you have your prayer language, use your prayer language. Paul taught us, he said, I will pray with the understanding and I will pray with the spirit. Because sometimes I can pray with my understanding and I can only get so far, you know, and I still feel in my heart, Lord, I want to, I just want to connect with you more about this situation or for that need or whatever it would be. And the Holy Spirit knows how to take you further on that point. And and we, and, and we've got it all archived too. that 23 weeks on the Holy Spirit. And then finally, you need to assume what I call the new Testament prayer posture. We find it in first Timothy chapter two, verse eight says, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Listen to me. It's lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. And more than just the lifting of the hands, 
And, and I'll do that, praying by myself, I'll lift hands. But guess what, guess what, folks? You can't hold your hands up the whole time. Can you, can you imagine if we had to hold our hands up the whole time? I mean, after a while, you'd be so buff just from praying. People say, what have you been doing? Just praying. It's not so much the lifting of hands, although that is prescribed. You don't have to do that. whole. Here's the main thing that you would lift up hands. Watch this. Without wrath. And without doubting. It's that you let people go and you lay some things down. And you just let that go. And you go to God. And he's just real about it. And I'm telling you what, God hears and God answers prayer. He hears and he answers prayer. In Jeremiah 33, 3, in the Message Bible, it says this. Call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wonderful things you could never figure out on your own. Prayer is a connection to the high and holy God who dwells in that lofty, holy place. But he also dwells down here with us, the crushed, the lowly. He's not put off by the size of a human soul. He's here with us. And one of our connections, one of the major connections that do not ignore and do not forget about is prayer. And these are just a few ways, hopefully, to help you. Just plug these things back in. Be aware of these simple solutions that are going to help you to have a powerful prayer life and stay connected with this holy God.